Hello everyone, another episode of Developer Godbookate Stories and uh, with me as usual, my great friend Amit. How are you, Amit? I'm great, I'm great. Good to see you. Good to see you too. And with us also Martin. Hi Martin, how are you? Hello, very good. Thank you very much. Great. So Amit? Yes, <laughs> so uh, Martin, usually we start with uh, if you can tell us a few words about yourself, about your company, also uh, most of uh, the people know it. Uh, so, yeah, please introduce yourself. Sure. Well, I'm Martin Beebe. I work for AWS. Um, I'm a developer advocate there. And my specialism is uh, .NET. So I generally focus on helping developers understand AWS from a .NET and Microsoft perspective. So, you know, if they're ASP.NET developers or they're I don't know, SharePoint developers, and they want to work out how to, to figure, figure out AWS and how to get their workloads running there, then I'm kind of the person that might present to them or might write blogs for them or might help them with documentation or might work on the product. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. Awesome. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about your journey to this, uh, to this role? Well, it's been a long one. I've been a developer advocate or developer evangelist or developer relations, whatever you want to call it, since 2010. So I've 11 years as a, as a DA, effectively. And I've worked across three different companies. So I've worked for Microsoft, um, for Oracle, and for AWS. And I've been at AWS now for, I think, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So you, you went to almost all the, all the cloud vendors. <laughs> yeah, many, many of them. I mean, there's a few. There's a few others, but... You know, <laughs> I worked in cloud in most of them as well. So at Microsoft, I worked on lots of different products. It wasn't just a focus on Azure, although Azure was a massive part of what I did there. Um, and then uh, when I was at Oracle, I worked on uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't there particularly long. And then I went to AWS and I've been, I've been I'm kind of, this is uh, the perfect role for me really in terms of what I do. I do a lot of .NET stuff, but I think I would so probably class myself as a generalist in that I cover a lot of different uh, technologies and, and, and I'll do all, uh, basically if you give me a talk and I've got time, I'll, I'll, I'll try and figure out the technology and try and figure out how to present it. Um, so I, that's one of the things I love about developer advocacy is, is sometimes it's great talking about things I know a lot about and I've got a lot of experience in, but I also love sort of the new, nichier things or things I've not done before and pushing my boundaries and, and trying new things. And that's a, the thing that AWS is brilliant for because we have, you know, over 165 different services and, and you know, they range from, you know, running a, 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 an instance to, you know, satellite ground stations. So there's all sorts of different things in between. And, and that's what I love about it. It's the variety of what you can do at AWS. Yeah. You say 100 and something, uh, tomorrow it will be 200, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Amit, please. Uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your job? What do you do actually every day? Uh, I, mean, I, I, wrote a, I wrote a blog post on my uh, a blog this week, actually, and it was called oh. The Top 10 Things for Surviving and Thriving in Developer Relationship, in Relations. And um, I'd say that I, folk, I kind of, the, the vast majority of things I do is I take complicated subjects and I try and make them easier to understand. And, and when you work in advocacy, 
you'll you'll get involved in a product at all different ver- various stages of its life like when it's a brand new product and they're just pitching it internally and telling you what the service is or and, and how to work with it and i work with a, a product team or a service team sometimes from that point all the way to when they launch to try and figure out well how do we message this for developers how do we make it easier to understand and so that's kind of my main role is that that translation of we've got these products like how does that make sense to developers and, and what are they going to do with that information? And then um, the other part of it is then when products actually get into market and people start using them, it's feeding back all of the things that those developers say to the product teams to make sure that they're improving the product constantly. So we have this kind of wheel, this, this feedback loop in the product mm-hmm. development of releasing new features, finding out what those new features, um, how customers are enjoying those features, what other th- features customers want, you know, how we can improve on what we already have. And it's constantly like looping back and forth between uh, the product teams and, and, and our customers. So that's my, my main role. It's like, I'm a conduit. I'm like the, uh, I'm like the, the bit in between our, our product teams and our customers. And, and especially when it comes to developers, I'm kind of like usually where marketing strategy meets developers. And uh, what I do in terms of actually taking a message to market, it depends massively. So sometimes it's writing a launch blog. So I work for Jeff Barr um, uh, on his news blog. So he has a Jeff Barr at AWS has this really famous well-trafficked blog. Um, I write for that. And so if there's ever a a launch, I might write one of the launch posts for that. So um, I did, for example, Amplify Flutter, which was a a thing which we released last uh, a couple of weeks ago. I wrote the launch post for that and I've done about 30 or so of those different launches in the past couple of years. Um, then it will be writing, writing marketing material and writing like developer copy for different places. And then sometimes it will be presenting and, uh, you know, we do a lot of that in the roles that I'm in at least. So it's a lot of travel, a lot of presenting across EMEA generally for me, but times in America, occasionally in Asia. So it's good fun. Yeah, it's it's uh, it sounds fun when you you deliver it. <laughs> By the way, if you can share with us, Martin, the link to your blog. Yeah, well, that, that's that's what I was going to say. Is that the, the the blog that I wrote? It's it's kind of has ten things which I wish I knew about developer relations before I started. And um, the the number one of those things is the critical thing for a developer advocate to understand is that if you ever get a question, if you ever get someone asking you something. It's, it's really tempting just to answer the question and, and absolutely you should be able to answer the question. But take that, instead of just answering the question directly, write it up as a blog post, write it up as some kind of content which can be shared, then share it back with them. So if I get a direct message or an email asking a question, I'll investigate the problem, write up a little page on a, a blog post or something like that, record a little video, send it back to the customer, but then share it with the, the community. And if you can do that, often enough, take those one-to-one interactions and convert them into one-to-many interactions. Before you know it, you reach a certain scale. You can get to a certain scale through, through doing that. So it's like, like the number one tip or one of the top 10 tips that I've got is just that thing, is that every time someone interacts with you, anytime someone asks a question of you, I always try and think, well, what kind of content could I get out of that thing? And uh, yeah, it's, it's the number one trick that, that every DA should be able to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that it's a really a, a, a great tip. Uh, anything else, uh, you know, uh, maybe some uh, cool story or something uh, weird that happened to you? 
I mean, there's lots of, of weird things that have happened to me. I, I'd say the, the, the beauty of this job is sometimes it's fantastic. You can be on top of the world. You can be delivering. Um, I was at, uh, just last year, well, a little bit before last year. I've forgotten what time it is now because of the pandemic. But just when we were doing in-person talks, um, one of the last talks that I gave was at AWS Summit New York. And AWS Summit New York is like 7,000 people in person, 7,000 people online. Big, it's a big event, big deal. And when you get to work on those sorts of keynote stages, um, you have to be very specific about your um, your script and things like that. So, you know, that's, I'd say that's one of the, uh, the biggest challenges is sometimes the bigger the event, the higher the risk. Sometimes you have to reduce a little bit of your personality and, and maybe follow a script a little bit more. And so I would say that, that like there's, there's, there's career highlights when you have that. And then there's some really there will be times in a developer advocate's life where you might fly for eight hours to a country, turn up to an event, and there is one person there <laughs> waiting for you to speak to. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny, this job, in that sometimes you can feel on top of the earth world, like you can literally have like thousands and thousands of people watching you. And then the very next day, you're at an event when no one's turned up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I would say that that is, is one of the, it's, this, it's a sad time, but it, it absolutely happens to me more, more often than not. Just when you think you're doing great, you're like, oh gosh, again, I've got to do this. So that's happened to me plenty. Like when you, when you, when you think that the event's going to be huge or you, you expect hundreds of people and you turn up and there's like a handful of people, that's possibly one of the um, most deflating aspects of this job, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> You can always invite some people from Amazon to show crowd. No, no, but you what, what often happens is it will just be a miss. It's often a miscommunication. Like someone will say, we're setting up this event. Would you come and speak? And you're like, yeah, of course. And you don't really ask the questions that you should always ask. Like how many people are going to be there? And, like, and uh, uh, those sorts of things. And then, you know, you get there, you've prepared for weeks, maybe. You arrive and there's just a handful of people. In those situations, what you do is you turn it into a conversation and you have a chat. It's, you can't present at five people, but, uh, <laughs> well, you can, but it doesn't really end well. So my, my advice is if you ever find yourself in those situations, then you, uh, you, know, you, you adjust. I have, however, been on the complete opposite of that, where someone's invited me to a call uh, and I thought it was gonna be a couple of people and we're discussing something. And then all of a sudden I realized it was a 500 person conference. So I, I got, it was a miscommunication with my, my product marketing manager when I was back at Microsoft. And they said, oh, can you cover this, this thing? It's just a couple of people. They need to speak about the future roadmap or whatever. And um, I, uh, I turned up and it was like, oh, uh, and they, they had a whole deck for me and everything. And I'd seen the deck. Luckily, I'd, I'd, I'd seen this deck before. I delivered this deck before, but I'd not done it <laughs> that much. And I wasn't that familiar with it. And I had like 15 minutes to prepare. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's been a, that was a fun day. I've also, I've also done a thing in Dubai where I was asked to go and speak at an event and I had two talks that I had to do. And uh, I gave the, gave the two talks and then I sat down at the table and I was like, phew, thank, thank goodness that that's over. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I was like, I was really happy. I'm lo looking forward to getting to, to uh, like to go out and have dinner and things like that. And, and the guy said, yeah, well, nearly done. You just got the one more talk. And I was like, what do you mean the one more talk? You've got just that one more talk you've got to do. 
and I hadn't prepared anything. And it was, it, they wanted to know, uh, this one was like the future of application development. That was the title of this talk. And it was miscommunicated to me and no one had told me that I was meant to be doing this talk. So then I had, I think I had one speaker on stage. I literally had to write a talk in like 15 minutes. And that was like from nothing. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a deck. I didn't have anything. So um, I did it. It wasn't my best talk, but it, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, it's really something interesting what you said about uh, you need to be prepared uh, to do anything, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Prepare, prepare for your slides to fail. Prepare for your Wi-Fi to go down. Prefer to your demos to not work. And if you can prepare for those things and find ways of dealing with stuff when those things happen, yeah, then you've really earned your stripes as a developer advocate. <laughs> right. So Martin, uh, really thank you uh, for your time and uh, and the things that uh, you share with us. And uh, please, if you can send by me email or some or some other way the the link to your post, we will publish it on our page. But if you ever want to hear from me, my website is thebeebs.net. So if you go to thebeebs.net, that post will probably be there for an extra, for, you know, I'll, I'll be pinning it to the top of my, uh, of my things, 10 developer tips for developer relations. So right. uh, yeah, go check it out. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And uh, to all our listeners, bye-bye.